0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at @realvunderdog. Okay, we
1: just record. We got a in Phoenix too. 52 to
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny and Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. We're back. We're back, baby. And this week, we are going to talk a little bit about the scrimmage schedule, and then we're going to get into some expectations about Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and then a little bit on Kelly Oubre and Cam Johnson. After that, we'll touch on the backup point guards.
1: Follow us on Twitter at Sonny and PHX pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout out on the show.
0: All right, this week marks the return of basketball. We finally get to tune in and watch some hoops. It's been a real long time, everybody. But Thursday the 23rd, the Suns play the Jazz, 5 o'clock local time. After that, Sunday the 26th against the Celtics. And then Tuesday, the 28th, against the Raptors. So it's beautiful looking at a basketball schedule again, seeing your team on there, looking what day they play, what time they play. Even that was exciting for me.
1: Yeah, for real. Just to hear you say, like, oh, we play on Thursday. Like, like this coming Thursday. Not like Thursday, July 23rd, 2025. Like, no, this coming Thursday, like a few days from now. Oh, it's so good to have basketball back.
0: Right, and we'd be in off-season form right now if uh, everything League. were back on schedule. We'd, Yeah, I think Summer League would just have gotten over. Mm-hmm. Me and Mitch would be a little broke, <laughs> maybe a little <laughs> yeah. sunburned and ready to be back in Phoenix. But, you know, this this time we had to sit it out, but we get this return and we're excited for it. So let's talk a little bit about The first game against the Jazz, and this is a a matchup of Ricky Rubio going back and playing the Jazz again. I think we saw a pretty nice game out of Ricky against the Jazz earlier this season. And I I don't have much else to say because who knows what these scrimmages are going to look like. I think a lot of it is going to... What we see in these scrimmages might be setting the tone for this regular season. If we're playing our starters heavy minutes, even in these scrimmages, if they're playing at least half of the game, I think that we're going to be really shooting to go out there and win and play our stars big minutes.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see minutes distributions and that kind of thing. For these scrimmage games, the NBA announced that they're going to be having 10 minute quarters as well, just to help guys ease back into playing like, you know, full speed games so I don't think that will have too much of an effect on things, but just something to keep in mind. And I kind of anticipate that, you know, we might see our starters play for a half or, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. And then maybe the second half we see our not starters, our backups. Um, just see what they can do, and we'll get to this a little later, but you know, backup point guard is kind of a question mark. We're, we're going to have to see who's going to get the most of those minutes at this point.
0: Right, and we're all pretty set on Ricky Rubio holding down the majority of those point guard minutes, but these scrimmages, these three scrimmages, will be great opportunities for these backup point guards and the new guy, Cameron Payne, to get on the floor and show what they got and see what we're doing heading into next season. Yeah,
1: yeah. And if nothing, you know, this is going to be a good audition for guys like that. It's going to be a good way to evaluate some of those guys, especially in, you know, an odd situation. Uh, I think that could carry some weight. Let's say one of these guys, maybe it's campaign, maybe it's Ty Jerome or Javon Carter, whoever, if they really perform well, that's going to look extra good because of these circumstances.
0: Absolutely. And Mitch, are are we going to revive the trivia series here?
1: We are. Yes, we are reviving our bet question. So uh, if you remember from eons ago, when we had just a regular season that was not impacted by a global pandemic, we would do little trivia questions for one game each week. Tally who got the most right over the month and then whoever lost would have to buy the winner dinner at some point during that month obviously that had to go on hiatus just like the league did but we're bringing it back um, since july is almost over already we are going to be using this month as our warm-up to get back into the swing of things but there is another thing that we do with this answer on twitter at sunny and phx pod with your response to this question and whoever's closest will get a shout out on next week's episode. So I'm excited to see what people think. Our question is pretty straightforward and I bet you can guess what it is. How many points will Devin Booker score against the jazz in our game on Thursday, the 23rd. So let's make our predictions here and then we can hear from everyone else on Twitter.
0: All right. So you said 10 minute quarters I'm going to assume that he plays no more than half of the game. I'm going to say a point a minute, 20 points. Okay. Hmm. This is tough.
1: I, I believe in Devin Booker. He's my favorite player. I don't want to shortchange him. I could also see him playing a little bit less. So
0: I'm going to say 16. That's fair. That's, that's fair. But you know, if it's in the first quarter and Devin Booker gets on a Devin Booker run, <clears throat> that's 16 points right there. That's true.
1: Yeah. So he could he could get to 16 in maybe 10 minutes alone, you know?
0: And if you watch the Suns Instagram page,
1: <clears throat> he yeah, he's going nuts. I've been watching it and a couple days ago they posted a video of him just going off, scoring on everyone, just at will. He looks so good.
0: Yep, he looks ready to go for sure. So, I say 20, you say 16. At Sunny in PHX pod, what do you say? All right, after that, Sunday the 26th against the Celtics at 10.30 a.m. So, uh, maybe a little brunch with your Suns versus Celtics game. There you go, yeah. A little
1: coffee, maybe some oatmeal. I don't know what I'll be eating yet, but thinking about it. <laughs> you don't have that scheduled yet? No, not quite, but maybe tomorrow. Uh, no, but I mean, the league came out and said in these scrimmage games, they want teams who are not going to be facing each other in the playoffs. You know, like there's no chance really that they'll face each other in the playoffs. So that's why we're playing two Eastern Conference teams and then a, a good Western Conference team. But, you know, not like a top seed that if we were to get the eight seed that we would play early on. So, you know, playing the Celtics, good team. I mean, I'm not going to be super concerned if we lose this game or anything, but it's, it's going to be nice to play like a high caliber team like the Celtics early on.
0: Right. And you got to think that the Celtics are probably happy that they can get going against a lower caliber team like the Suns. So, this should be a, a good matchup just to see what the Suns are trying to accomplish more so than what the Celtics are going to be trying to accomplish. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. And the same goes for the Raptors game. That's on Tuesday at noon. So, you know, take a two and a half hour lunch break from your job. <laughs> just just tune in. Just make it happen.
1: Yeah, I'm sure your employer will understand. You know, it's doable to watch games on your phone or computer or tablet or whatever nowadays. Just post up in an office for two and a half, three hours. You know, your boss will probably walk by and be like, hey, go sons, you know.
0: What's Maybe the you'll longest... get a raise. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> What's the longest bathroom break you think you could get away with at your job? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think uh, you could get a quarter in? Or is a that quarter?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a quarter.
0: <laughs> Maybe you just need to get a new kind of um, reputation in the office. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, All right. be
1: careful. Be careful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, so the Raptors, they're, they're full of good talent. We all know this. That They have plenty of things to, you know, mess the Suns up. We're not expecting big wins out of any of these scrimmage games. They're scrimmages. We're expecting teams to see what they're working with, what they should expect for this uh, restarted season. But I just can't say that I'm expecting a ton against the Raptors.
1: Right. Well, and I would expect us to play our, our backups, our reserves for the majority of this game. Because a couple days after that we'll be getting into real regular season games.
0: Yeah, that's and it is just a couple games, so that would be a good one. That's that's where maybe Jalen LeQ gets some minutes if he's even down in Orlando, I'm not sure yeah, on that. Right. It yeah, sounds like everybody's there though. There there's there hasn't been anything said about someone missing. So mm. I, you just have to assume that everybody's there.
1: Yeah, I know we were waiting on Rubio and Baines, and it seems like, you know, Rubio's there. I haven't heard a whole lot about Baines lately.
0: Yeah, me but neither.
1: That's, I mean, those were the two we were waiting on, and they were the two that we were maybe a little suspicious that they were the guys who tested positive. But, you know, that was long enough ago by now that they would have been cleared to head on down, so... Right. Should be good to go.
0: Let's hope they're all there. hmm Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about once we move into the eight-game restarted season. Let's talk about our expectations for our two studs, Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden. And we'll start off with Booker. This podcast has been built on Booker's back. It started shortly after he came on the team. And we've been uh, really enjoying watching him play all these years. So let's start it off with a question before we even get into matchups or what we expect out of certain games. Is this restarted season going to turn into the Devin Booker show? Yes, I think it has to.
1: And if not, all of these games are going to be very painful.
0: I I have to agree with that. I expect Devin to put the team on his back because if we're, if we're down there, we're competing to get into the playoffs. We're we're not down there having a good time or anything like that. It's to win. And for the Suns team to win, it has to be Devin Booker scoring about 30 points and, and carrying everybody else. And DeAndre Ayton is a big part of this too. And we'll talk about him after this, but yeah, it's got to happen that way, if you ask me.
1: Right, and so I, I think just to look at the other side of this, some some people have been saying that for certain teams this could be like a glorified summer league, where they give their young guys, the uncertain guys, just a lot of run, and I could see that. You know, I could see this not being the Devin Booker show. I could see him, you know, playing a little bit here and there getting some points up, but really just turning it over to the younger guys or the guys who were just unsure, like roster wise, if we're going to offer them a contract, that kind of thing. I could totally see us treating this as a glorified summer league. And I think if we lose two or three games right in a row, we'll probably go to that mode of things. But I don't know. Personally, I think it will be the Devin Booker show. He's going to be getting a ton of run He's going to be putting up big numbers and trying to win. I mean, that's Devin Booker's style. I cannot see him like rolling over and just saying, no, no, let's make this glorified summer league.
0: I think so, too. And we're talking about a team who has struggled with culture for years and years now. Can you go put yourself in a bubble, away from your family, away from your friends, away from your everyday life? Can you go do that for a couple months and then say, ah, we're not we don't need to play our guys' big minutes. We're, how is that going to sit with Booker and Aiton and Rubio and Bridges and Ubre? All those guys, they want to go compete. You don't want to go be locked in a hotel room in Orlando for a couple months and then not even get your minutes to go right. win. Right. You You have to expect that we're going to be going balls out trying to get wins here, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, I think so, and... I mean, I, I think we're going to be ready.
1: I think this is the kind of thing that actually bodes well for us. You know, I think we're going to be prepared and we're going to be ready. Monty's going to have him ready. We're in a good spot. We're, we're in as good of a spot as we can be given the circumstances.
0: Right. We're there. We're able to compete. We're not eliminated. So this is as good as it gets for us right now. Yeah. And let's let's take a peek down the schedule here and look at some of Booker's matchups. And in the first game against the Wizards, Brad Beal's not there. Yeah, no Beal. No Beal. And on the for Ayton, it looks like Thomas Bryant just recently tested positive for COVID, and he's not going to be there for a little bit. So they're pretty thin at the big boy spots, too. So yeah. th- the Wizards are in a tough situation. They're without Bertens. They're without Beal. Maybe without Bryant, depending on the timing. So... It, it looks like Devin Booker is going to be matched up on someone like Jerome Robinson or Isaac Banga. Yeah, that I sounds pretty good. I don't know <laughs> if they go two-point guard lineup of Ish Smith and Shabazz Napier. I'm not sure what they do there, but this it looks like uh, if Devin Booker wants to eat, this is going to be a good game to get started.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad we start with a game against the Wizards. That's going to be great.
0: <laughs> hopefully it's, we don't it's the get too only relax. it's really the only somewhat kind matchup we have a, across the whole schedule so yeah, yeah. if we can start off with a win here and we ride devin booker for 40 points I, I think that's what we need to do
1: yeah i'm just glad that this is the first game and not the last game of the season because I, I could just imagine like playing a, <laughs> a good or a not as good team, like a team that we're actually better than, but at the very end of the season when it really means nothing, this is going to be a great game to start with. And I can already see like getting too excited and getting a big head about like a big win over the wizards and saying, no, no, we're making the playoffs. I swear. Did you see that game? <laughs>
0: Yeah, if if we beat the Wizards by 30 and the Grizzlies lose their first game, uh, I'll be <laughs> undeniably excited. But Yeah, I'll be a
1: little obnoxious, probably.
0: I'll, yeah, I'll be obnoxious, and then I'll come back down to earth and be real quiet for a little while after we get a few spankings.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, looking down the schedule a little bit, uh, one tough matchup is going to be against the Mavericks because Luka is out there. And that might be a matchup that happens. I know Bridges is going to be guarding Luka as much as possible, but just a a backcourt matchup of Booker versus Luka is going to be a a fun one. And if Booker's able to outpace Luka on the scoring end, that's the way that we uh, compete against them, I'd say.
1: Right. And this is why I say this is going to have to be the Devin Booker show. This is a great example. Luca is gonna be there trying to win, trying to win as well. He isn't gonna mess around and he's gonna be ready. Uh, I think Luca's probably one of those guys that has stayed in good shape, has been working out, has been ready to go through all of this. He's still young, like very young, and just one of the best players in the league. So, yeah, I mean, if if Booker can't keep up, then that's gonna to be tough. But I think he can.
0: Yeah, totally. I, I think so too, and. Devin, if anything, if if Devin's going to be one thing in this restart, he's going to be a scorer. I don't think that that's going to ever go away from him. So when he comes back, we we can expect big points. Luca does a lot of other things, too. But, you know, Devin's not so bad himself.
1: Right. And we've shut down the Mavs before this year. I mean... Porzingis had an awful game in that last game we played against the Mavs, but right. who's to say he won't come out and struggle? I could totally see a guy like Porzingis struggling early uh, in this restart. So we've done it before. We can do it again, but it won't be easy.
0: Right. And we're not going to touch on every single matchup here through the restart for Booker, but we'll touch on a few, just a couple more that are pretty big time. And skipping ahead a game, we look at a game against the Pacers with – Victor Oladipo what's the situation on him I know that at first he was ruled out then he said he wanted to play he's in the bubble what can we expect there when do we find out about Oladipo
1: yeah so a couple weeks ago with friend of the show Josh Kranowetter we talked about Oladipo being ruled out and Josh said yeah you know he wasn't all that great when he came back still dealing with the injury but now I guess he's decided he's good to go deemed that he can play. I don't think there's anything completely certain, but it's sounding like he's going to play. So that doesn't bode well for us. I was looking forward to Oladipo not playing in this game.
0: <laughs> right. There's tough matchups all around against that Pacers team, especially with a healthy Oladipo. So that's, that'll be a good matchup both ways because he plays great both ways on the floor. Victor can score and D up Devin Booker pretty well. So I am, I'm, really not looking forward to that Pacers game if Victor's playing.
1: Right. Well, and it's like, I I know we've said this before. The Pacers are one of those teams that are just like the anti-suns. Like they play almost the opposite way that we do, and they shut us down almost every time. So I could see that happening,
0: unfortunately. Okay. And some other matchups, when we play the Heat – that's going to be looking like Jimmy Butler, probably matching up on Book. That'll be tough tough sledding for him. Then maybe some Tyler Hero, who looks up to Devin Booker, and, you know, that that's a fun matchup to watch. And then after that, against the Thunder, against Shai Gilgis Alexander, he's just a a really, really fun young player to watch. He's about the same size as Booker. He can handle the ball. I like that matchup both ways because um, Booker is a little better on the outside. Alexander is a really promising player at getting to the rim. So the back and forth between those two could be a fun one to watch.
1: Yeah, there's going to be some tough matchups through all of this. And I think if anyone can turn that into a positive, it's Booker. I could see Booker using all of these as serious motivation, especially you know when you say Jimmy Butler. We know that Booker can talk some trash, and he's said some things to Jimmy Butler before. So uh, I'm interested to see what that will be like. Um, but yeah, Booker could totally use this as motivation. And if he can come out and just make mincemeat of all these guys, that would be so awesome.
0: And a team that we know more than likely that he'll make mincemeat out of, the 76ers, doesn't matter who they put on him. Booker just has a thing for going off against the sixers so that's another fun one to look forward to.
1: Yeah, no, I'm excited.
0: And the only team we play twice, the Mavericks. we match up with them in the last game of the season as well. So we'll we'll get to see plenty of Luca and KP through that.
1: Yeah, Ugh, I wish we didn't end with them.
0: I know that's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be tough. if that's a meaningful game, that'll be uh. But again, who knows? Maybe they have their seed locked up square and they don't need to win that one. We've mentioned that before and Yeah. We'll see very how that possible. We'll see very how that possible. lands. So, how about it, Devin Booker? What's what's his average per game through the 8-game restart? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I want to be bold and very
1: positive and optimistic here. I kind of want to say, well, maybe it's around 25. Keep it to like his season average thus far. Part of me wants to say 30 because he could really go off in these games. And part of me says maybe he won't be playing quite enough minutes to get to that. So, I don't know. I'll go with somewhere between 25 and 30. Let's just say 28.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i leaning towards the high side as well, too. I'm thinking 30, honestly, because if, if he's in the game, he's not going to be taking it easy, and I believe that since they're all down there, they're going to want to play. They're not going to want to ride the bench, so I see, I see Devin taking advantage of the situation. All right, so we expect Devin Booker to play well through this restart, and the other guy we want to touch on is DeAndre Ayton, and... I'll start this one off with a question to you as well, Mitch, before we start getting into games. So, Aiton put up pretty strong numbers after that 25-game suspension. Over the season, he averaged 19 points, 12 rebounds, 2 blocks, and two assists, and 1.7 blocks per game. So, a big question on my mind is, does this restart put DeAndre Ayton on the same level as everyone that he's going to be playing against, compared to the two situations that happened during the regular season that I've been curious about for a while. Did his good numbers come from being fresh after the 25 game suspension, or could his numbers have been better if he hadn't missed those 25 games?
1: Yeah, this is a good question. And I think it's hard to say because this is only his second year. If we could say, oh yeah, he's prone to have some slow starts or no, he usually gets going right away. We just don't really know. It's hard to say based on someone's rookie year. And then, I mean, he barely played at the beginning of this season. So it's tough to say. I I tend to lean a little bit more towards the side of he put up those good numbers because he was fresh and I think he will be on the same level as everyone else going into this restart because you know everyone has had quite a bit of time off to heal and all of that and it potentially won't bode well for him
0: man that's a great point on the other side of it though if you look at look at it like if he was able to play through all of those games and he was able to be in good shape throughout that whole thing I feel like the more experience would have helped him out. But then saying this, if he would have been in great shape and played the whole season, could he have done that without whatever he got popped for? Which is kind of a crummy situation to be in. Um, I look at it, I, I still have to lean towards, I think if he would have gotten more minutes and more game experience, I think that his numbers would have gotten better and better. Because he's still a young guy. He's still strong. He's still athletic. I think he can put up sustained minutes and numbers like that throughout an entire season. And if you look at the big jump on defense he made this year, that's not a physical thing. That's a mental thing. So he was able to bring that all in over the off season and potentially over the suspension. So I'm just... I think the more he plays, the better he's going to get. I'm not saying he's going to be like a 30 and 15 guy on this team, but I see improvement for the next few years for sure.
1: Yeah. And I can totally see that. I mean, I think our culture shift and Monty Williams uh, has, you know, done a lot of things for Deandre Ayton. I also think, you know, these things that he went through, the suspension, some injury issues, I think those were all actually good for him. I think those are going to be the things that motivate him and see, like, oh, I can't mess around and I'm just not the top dog here anymore. I've got to, you know, put in the work. And we've heard him say so many times, I'm going to take over. I'm going to change this and that and the other. And then it didn't happen. But now, having gone through all of this, Turmoil and these difficulties during this season, such a weird season. I think if it's going to benefit anyone, it's going to be DeAndre Ayton. And I'm talking long term future. You know, this is going to be just the kick in the pants that he needs to get everything right and just be a dominant player in the league.
0: Right. I think everybody needs to be humbled at some point. And you look back to Ayton's story of when he was a kid, what they call him, big for nothing or tall for nothing or something like that. Mm. I can't remember what it was, but that was something. But then since then he became a stud, he was the number one pick. I'm happy that he got humbled again. I'm not happy that he missed 25 games and kind of maybe messed up a decent season for us. But I got to Yeah, I just I have to say that him being humbled early on in this, I really hope that just takes hold of him. And really makes him turn into, you know, just a consistent star, which we need out of a number one pick.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I I mean, this is going to be big for him. It really will. And I could see, even if things go south quickly in this restart, I could see DeAndre Ayton still continuing to play just getting that run, especially because he played probably 30-ish less games than everyone else this year. You know, even though he's great, I mean, I don't want to take that away from him. He's probably our second best player. I mean, he is amazing. He's very, very good. Um, Any experience he can get at this point is going to be great because this is just his second year.
0: For sure. All right, let's break down a few of the games that he's going to have against some of these matchups here. And again, in this Wizards game, we have some pretty favorable matchups without Thomas Bryant, potentially. They're without Bertans. So, Moritz Wagner, step on up.
1: <laughs> wow, that is a name I have not heard in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Aiton could really feast here, too.
0: Right, and the good thing about Aiton is you can't go small ball on him. He can stay in against anyone you want to put out there at center, more or less. Yeah, Because we, can. we can see him move his feet. We watch him guard Giannis. We watch him guard LeBron. So if you're going to try to sneak out a stretch four, that that's fine. That's not going to bother Aiton at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, that actually benefits us if teams try to do that. Right. On the defense, on their defensive side of things. So, offense for us. Sure. You know, he can guard them on defense, no problem. His defense really did improve big time this year. And I think the league took notice. Uh, but on offense, you know, it gives him the ability to get to the basket a little bit easier, which he struggles with sometimes. So, right. oh, I hope and teams do that.
0: I see this talk about him shooting threes now. Do you think we'll see any DeAndre Ayton threes in the restart? I want to. I've wanted him to shoot threes since his rookie year. <laughs> you know, there's, there's times where I don't care who you are. If you, if you can make two out of 10, three pointers in practice, I think there's some shots that need to be shot. And the fact that we saw eight not pull those was really disappointing because you can tell that someone said, do not shoot a three.
1: Yeah, clearly. He's been wide open, just sitting there. No one within 10 feet of him. Let's hope
0: he has the green light or maybe an orange light of some sort in the restart. I'd love to see that.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Well, and just think about how much that opens up the floor. Look at Baines. Baines truly is not an amazing three-point shooter but he'll hit enough that the defense has to respect it. And it just opens so much up. And then once in a blue moon, he'll hit 19 threes or whatever it was in that game. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't 19, but you know, he'll hit a lot of threes. It's not going to happen consistently, but if you hit enough for the defense to respect it, it opens so many things up.
0: Right. And if you think about it, when you run a pick and roll with Aiden, the only pick and pop that Aiden will run is to the elbow. Or, or that length of shot, something like that, mm-hmm. or a roll, obviously. But so that kind of uh, just it, it makes it easier on the defense because if he were able to set a screen at the three-point line, and then just stay popped out at the three-point line, that's another five feet of space that the defense has to defend. Yeah. So I, I really hope that that's something that gets added, and I hope that he's. Uh, Hitting him, we've seen him hit him in practice. He, he the the mid range shot looks pretty decent. He has nice touch. I hope we see it soon. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, what I do want to talk about is this nasty stretch of matchups that Aiton's gonna have to go on after the Clippers game. Uh, Montrez Harrell just left the bubble for a family issue and said something about how he's not made to be able to do the bubble thing and. Oh. I wonder how many people are having troubles with that, really, because... I'm sure a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, me, personally, you could lock me in a room for about a month or two, and I wouldn't care, but some guys, I know that'd really bother them.
1: That would bother me.
0: Yeah, (laughs) you social butterflies, that'd kill you. Okay, (laughs) all right, but this stretch of Sabonis or Miles Turner, then Adebayo with the Heat then Steven Adams with the Thunder, then Joel Embiid with the Sixers. That's, that's who Aiton will be matched up with for a, a nice stretch.
1: That's going to be rough. But if Ayton can somewhat contain guys like this, it'll put us in a decent position.
0: Right, and so this is what I see out of these guys. Sabonis, Adams, and Embiid are stronger than Aiton. And they will use that strength to contain him or get him out of the lane, that sort of thing. But then Adebayo is an athletic guy who, I don't know, maybe pretty similar athleticism. I'd give Bam the nod, but they're a little more, they're built a little bit more the same. So those, I like how Aiden matches up against a guy like Bam much more than the big brutes that can push him around.
1: Right, yeah, that Sabonis type or Stephen Adams, those kind of guys who are gonna work as hard as they possibly can for every single rebound, and you know, good fundamentals are gonna box out really well and that kind of thing. That you know, that doesn't usually go super well for Aiton. Um, he's getting better at that kind of thing. And like you said, a lot of it is just mental, you know, and Aiden has really taken a big step in the right direction when it comes to that kind of thing. But yeah, like Sabonis and Adams specifically are guys who have kind of mastered that, the mental element of that and the, you know, just working hard and just the strength, the pure strength. Right. But If, you know, if Aiton is going to be successful, he has to lean on that athleticism, like you talked about with Adebayo, because while Sabonis and Adams are good defenders, they're not, they're not as creative, maybe as someone like Aiton and doing the things that he can do athletically, you know, maybe Aiton finishes an oop over one of these guys and, you know, really puts his athleticism on display.
0: I'd I'd love to see it, and that's how it will have to be done because those guys are they're oxes down in the lane. They're they're tough to move, and man, I I want to shout out Embiid though. He's a bit of both. He's pretty Embiid light too. On his feet. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I just so,
1: I I think this is going to go very poorly for Joel Embiid.
0: Yeah, I I wonder what kind of shape he's truly in. He's one of those guys that always struggles with that sort of thing. So
1: right, even. And and Embiid is great, don't get me wrong. Even when he is in shape, he just takes some time to warm up throughout the season. He's a slow burn. Yeah. And then, you know, by the end, he's firing at at 100%. But I just don't think this bodes super well for him.
0: Well, as someone who doesn't care for the 76ers, I hope not. Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, Aiton, we all expect good things. One thing I want to touch on was the blossoming of the Ricky Rubio-DeAndre Ayton connection after Ayton's suspension. And I, I wonder if that's going to take some time to, you know, regain the chemistry, or if the Ayton-Rubio pick and roll is something that helps us get going. I, I, wa- I want to see where we're at on that, because that, aside from Devin Booker cooking everybody, that's my second favorite way to watch the Suns score baskets.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that connection will still be there. These guys are practicing together. They're mm-hmm. having the, the time to, you know, get back into it. And these scrimmage games will help. I mean, I just, I feel like we're so disconnected. From this, You know, usually the NBA is really good about, you know, their social media and posting videos and just knowing what's going on in these players' lives and at practice and all of that. And they're still doing it, but just due to the nature of this kind of thing, I I just don't feel quite as connected. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening at practice as much as normal.
0: Right. As as soon as we get to see that first scrimmage game, though, it's going to feel like we're back at home.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it's oh, going to be nice.
0: Sure. For sure. All right. DeAndre, let's do some expectations for his. Let's do points and rebounds per game. What do you think through the restart? Um, you know, due to some of
1: the matchups that he's going to have, he, he averaged 19 and 12 about through the regular season. I'm I'm going to say 15
0: and 10. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about 18 and 11. I think the, you know, I just expect a, a bit of a slow start out of him, too. You know, out of most big guys, I, I'd kind of expect a little little knock the mud off the tires type of situation, and, th- and then they get going. Yep. But the, it's also due to me expecting that Devin Booker is going to absolutely take over. That's why I knock a few points off, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: I expect to see good rebounding, great defensive positioning. I think that's probably the one thing that I really want to see the most, is him just being in the right spot on defense. I don't care if he fouls out of games. I just want to see him there protecting the rim.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that.
0: All right, we'll whip through this stuff a little quickly because this episode's winding on a little bit. But let's talk a little bit about Kelly Oubre. At first, we heard that Oubre would not be playing in the restart. But in order, I think for contract purposes, you need to be down there with the team if you're able. I assume that's for a paycheck, if I had to make a guess. So Oubre's down in the bubble. And just four days ago, to the I think it was Kellen Olsen, said that Oubre was willing to play but he was waiting to be cleared by the trainers and staff. So what we thought was Oubre was out. That's not true. He might be playing. Yeah. Uh,
1: One, I'm glad he's there because as the emotional leader of our team, it's good to have him there Two, I hope he plays. I just don't know. So we'll see, but I hope he plays.
0: Nobody knows, but he was a huge part of our team this year. 18.7 18.7 points per game, six and a half boards, one and a half assists on 51 from the floor, 35 from three. We need that. We need that scoring. And maybe a lot of that came while Aiton was gone. I'd like to go check out how much Ubrey scored compared to when Aiton was with the team compared to without,
1: right. but
0: Kelly's a big part of this team on both ends of the floor. Great defender, and he gets it done on offense too. Obviously, we'd love to have him here and he's a kind of he's the kind of guy that I think would thrive because he's a guy that can just pick up and get going. He's got the yes. energy. He he has that little bit of microwave sense to him.
1: But, yeah. I mean, he can also be positive about anything, you know. He he will set the tone for the team if he plays.
0: Right. So we're, we all have our fingers crossed that Kelly will be playing with the team, but let's talk a little bit about what if he's not, I want to talk about Cam Johnson a little bit. We've seen some, a little bit about him and how he's maybe added 10 to 12 pounds, the the cliche NBA offseason bit, but he's looking big and he might have a huge part in the rotation if Kelly's not there.
1: Yeah, I mean, he definitely would. I don't think he's going to put up spectacular numbers or anything, but it's kind of like the in situation. The more minutes Cam Johnson can get, the better.
0: Absolutely. And I think that maybe we see a little bit more of Cam Johnson at the four. Especially if Kelly plays, I could see us sliding him in and just using our, you know, Bridges, Ubre, and Johnson all at the three and four. I can see that happening too and if he put on that beef I'd kind of uh expect him to be able to hold it down on the block and boxing out a little bit more too.
1: Yeah, no I think that's exactly why you put that weight on. He's got the height. I mean, can really be a, a mm-hmm. great stretch for cuz he can shoot obviously and you know, adding a little weight, little muscle, a little strength can definitely help him.
0: Right. And we haven't talked about bridges much in this but Obviously, if is out, Bridges will take that spot, and then we'll see Saric or Kaminsky probably fill in at the four. Yeah. But we, we just want to touch a little bit on Cam Johnson because I personally think this is where he could maybe make a bit of a name for himself in the league. There's only 22 teams. People are hurting to watch basketball. Maybe Cam Johnson hits five or six threes in a game. And everyone says, oh, maybe that wasn't such a bad pick for the Suns.
1: Yeah, really. Well, <laughs> that's a good point. Because I don't think it was a horrible pick.
0: No, I don't either.
1: We, we've seen, even at the time, I didn't think it was horrible. I was a little confused, yeah. But, I mean, I think we saw this season that it, it was not as terrible as a lot of people made it out to be.
0: No. And he just fit in really well with everybody on the team. He has his space. He has his role, I'd say. and. He can build on that. He has every opportunity to, you know, who's saying that he can't become a better player than Mikhail Bridges. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think he has the potential to possibly do something like that. That would be awesome. Let's not rule that out. All right. A quick talk on the backup point guards, because this is going to be just an interesting situation. Let's run through them. We have Javon Carter. We have Ty Jerome. We have Cam Payne. We have Jalen LeQ. I expect these four guys to play a ton of minutes. Maybe not LaQue, but the other three. I expect them to play a ton of minutes in this scrimmage to decide who's going to be playing the backup minutes when the restart comes around.
1: Yeah, this is going to be interesting.
0: Oh, um, and Eli Ocobo. And forget Acobo, about
1: Eli. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting throughout the season. We saw different spurts of guys kind of maybe gaining and losing Monty's trust. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we had we really wanted to give Ty Jerome the the first shake at it, it seems like, and he didn't do well. Then Javon Carter was the guy, and he played a few good games and then fell off then Kobo was the guy and he did okay and then kind of fell off then it went to you know backup point guard by committee for a little bit now we've brought Cameron Payne in to shake things up even more like I don't even know what to expect from this a lot of it might just come down to how they do in practice
0: yeah that's very true it seems like Monty had a really hard time making up his mind between Ellie and Javon for a good good chunk of the season. And then, you know, injuries start to happen. then you have to use them both at the same time. and that that's not a good look, really. but man, who knows what's gonna happen with these guys? I can see Javon edging these guys out. I think campaign versus Ellie is probably a pretty back and forth neck and neck type matchup. And that will be like one of those guys is going to get cut for sure. Heading into next year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, I think, I think it plays to Javon Carter's favor because of his defense. I think that's going to be helpful. He's a ball handler, like a, a decent ball handler. And he, I mean, he, can score every once in a blue moon. So (laughs) that kind of puts him ahead of some of our other backup point guards, (laughs) which, you know, is a little bit sad at times, but um, I'm interested in Ty Jerome. I think we really want to give him another shot. And I mean, clearly we will. It's his rookie year. I don't think we had super high expectations for him, but he just really had a hard time adjusting to the game. So this might be a good opportunity for him to step up.
0: Right, and I don't know what kind of guy Ty Jerome is, but after this season, watching himself struggle and miss and barely see the floor for long chunks of time, you think that with this opportunity, I hope he really got into good shape. Yeah. Because as an athlete, it's going to be tough for him to match up with a lot of dudes out on the court and he he doesn't look like he's in pristine condition by any means. I think he needs to get there, especially if he ever wants to stay in front of an opposing point guard. That's going to need to happen.
1: Yeah, and you can't just skate by with zero defense.
0: No, so. I mean, Ish Smith, journeyman, never really a great starter comes off the bench for most of his career. Could Ty Jerome stay in front of him? No, not at no, this point. No, absolutely. Like, I think he could get broken down by guys like that, and that's that can't earn you minutes on the NBA floor right now. Right. <clears throat> <sighs> well, this is exciting
1: stuff. Basketball's back. That's the most important part of all of this. So now that we are moving into the point where we have games back, we had some time off. I know our significant others appreciated that, but we're back. So our non-sports question for this week is what is one positive thing that came of this hiatus for you?
0: Well, man, I I are you talking from the podcast? No, 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 from the NBA from, ba- being from off. The- yeah. <clears throat> I guess I got to just re-explore many things that used to just be taken up by basketball. And I'm not saying anything like too fancy or anything like that, but played some old video games, which was fun. Got into a couple new TV shows, starting up a business. There, there's just a lot of, a lot of things that... You know, maybe if basketball were going on, I'd probably just be sitting in my chair, kicked back with TNT on, watching a basketball game. Just a a lot of little things, more or less, are the things that I, that's what I'm most happy about.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. I mean, I think, I I think there's been quite a few positives out of this for me. Um, Just schedule-wise, you know, (laughs) it's tough during the season when there's, you know, two, three games a week and it takes two and a half hours, you know? So just having that time to, you know, get more involved with with family and maybe, you know, like you said, finding new TV shows to watch. And um, I think I've just really been able to reprioritize a few things. Uh, also, I've saved a ton of money. I nice. think that's a, a big part of this. Like not going to Suns games While I love going to Suns games, you know, you go and even if you don't eat dinner there or anything, you eat something, whether it's popcorn or ice cream or whatever, or just, you know, a drink even. It's like not spending money on those little things. Yeah. It's it has been pretty helpful. And
0: maybe not eating at the Cornish pasty four nights per week. (laughs)
1: Hey. It was not four nights a week. It was, I think we did two or three one time. but and It was
0: always real late, too. It was like late night Cornish pasty dinner. and it, it happened yeah. pretty frequently.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, they're open until like 2 a.m. So, yeah. Shout out Cornish pasty. That's like yeah. one of my favorite restaurants in Phoenix. So check them out if you haven't already.
0: I need to get back there at some point. I What's what's the situation? Let's just do a plug for them. Are they open?
1: Yeah, they're open. Um, I know their Tempe location has been doing, um, carry out, uh, and it, it holds up really well. These pasties are, you know, they're like a, almost like a pot pie. I don't really know how else to describe them. If you don't know what a pasty is, you can look it up, but, um, they, they do well when you carry them out and even when they cool down a little bit, sometimes it gives a, gives some time for the flavors to settle in a little more. So yeah, they're open for carry out still.
0: Yeah. It's like it's in its own bread Tupperware.
1: Yeah, basically it's like an empanada. That's a good way of describing it.
0: Yeah. Maybe the Phoenix crowd will be able to pick up on empanada a little bit. Yeah.
1: So shout out Cornish pasty. I do love that place
0: same here anyways thank you all for tuning in basketball is back this week we get to watch games again it's been a long time we're hyped check us out on social media at sunny and phx pod that's twitter and instagram and come back next week we'll be recapping games we'll be talking about if the suns won or lost the game we'll be talking about how many points devin booker scored it's been a while boys we're excited Thanks for tuning in and go Suns.